how long am I going to keep pretending to myself that I'm actually trying when I'm not? Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hey guys, welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen. Today's episode is about perfectionism. So if you tend to be a perfectionist, if you procrastinate, if you're a people pleaser, or if you have that all or nothing mindset, like I'm either going to do it perfectly or not at all you should listen to this one. So today I'm interviewing Sam Laura Brown. Sam Laura Brown is a mindset coach for perfectionists, a personal development blogger, and the host of The Perfectionism Project, one of the top self-help podcasts on iTunes. Sam loves making self-help real and relatable and teaches ambitious women how to get out of their own way so they can reach their full potential. Hello, Sam. Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. So let's talk about your story so the listeners get to know who you are. How did you become aware of your perfectionism and what made you want to start a blog and a podcast? Yeah, so I started my blog, which is now samlaurabrown.com, but it was initially called Smart Twenties and I started it in 2013 and I actually got into it because I was listening to podcasts. I had a long commute to and from work and I just got so sick of listening to ads on the radio Mm -hmm. and I found the TED Talks podcast and after I ran out of those, it recommended business podcasts and I had no interest whatsoever in starting a business, but I've always been fascinated in personal growth and why we do what we do. So I started listening to these business podcasts and learned that most of what they were talking about was really the personal growth element. And I wasn't actually then yet even aware that I was interested in personal growth and hadn't really gotten fully into that world Mm -hmm. or anything besides loving Oprah, of course. So I was listening to these podcasts and after about six months of listening to people talking about their businesses and most of them were online businesses, I just thought, oh, maybe I could start a blog. And I was just so scared. And this is really when my perfectionism really came to my attention. It had been there my whole life, of course. But when you have that mindset, and we can talk a little bit later about exactly what that is, but when you have that perfectionist mindset, you can actually do very well in school. And I always Mm. was a high achiever and I got really great grades. And even though I was always procrastinating until the last minute, I did well at school. So within that framework, I was able to really succeed with that mindset. But when it came to putting myself out there and really doing something that might not succeed, that's when all of my fears and doubts came up. So I started my blog and then I didn't post on it for three months. I stopped listening to podcasts because they just reminded me about this blog I had that I wasn't working on. Mm -hmm. And then it took me about two and a half years. At this time, I was in university, I have a law degree and a commerce degree. And then I was starting to work as an accountant in the city as well throughout this time. But it took me about two and a half years to get out of my own way enough to really go all in with it, which was in 2016, 2017. Actually, that sounds like more than two and a half years, but it was 
a really long time. I didn't tell even my boyfriend and at the time we'd been together for five years already. I didn't tell him about it. I just worked on my blog when I was studying and I was just so scared of telling anyone about it because of course when you have that fear of judgment it's because you're judging yourself so heavily mm-hmm. that you don't want anyone else to really reflect that back to you. And I thought as soon as I mentioned my blog to people, they would laugh at it and that would be enough for me to completely shut it down. So what I had to do was just keep it to myself and nurture it in private. And there's so much blogging advice, like tell all your friends, post about it on your private Facebook page or your personal one. And I just couldn't bear to do that. So I just nurtured it for a while by myself and was very inconsistent. And I thought for a long time, like it wasn't exactly when I started that I got the language of perfectionism and knew that that's what it was called. I just knew like, why the hell am I so afraid of sharing this with anyone? And why am I just not able to actually do all of the important things I need to do? It's something that a lot of perfectionists experience. They're smart, they're ambitious, they know what steps they need to take, but they just can't get themselves to take those steps and a lot of us spend time doing a lot of busy work so of course I would spend ages on my Pinterest graphics and all of the unimportant things that don't really matter Mm -hmm. and on the promotion side I was doing absolutely nothing because I was so scared of anyone laughing at it or judging it because I was judging myself so heavily And what I teach now around perfectionism and getting out of your own way has really come from my own journey and it's still one that I'm currently on. I really see perfectionism and the growth mindset as being on a spectrum and I'm just trying to move closer and closer to being fully in that growth mindset. But through my blog and my podcast, The Perfectionism Project, and my Instagram as well, I'm really just sharing my journey and the things that are working for me and the struggles that I'm having so that other people can know that they're not the only one because I get so many emails from people who tell me that they feel like they're alone. And it's just so ironic to me because I get so many emails Mm -hmm. from people who feel like they're alone with exactly the same problem. So I really like sharing all of the ups and downs and how I'm trying to evolve out of that mindset. I don't like to use the word, like the term overcoming perfectionism. I don't think there's a problem as such. Like it's not like if someone Mm -hmm. has that mindset, they're broken and they need to be fixed. It's just one way of looking at the world. And unfortunately, it leads to a lot of procrastination and people pleasing and holding yourself back and keeping yourself small. So what I really do today has been, has come from the journey that I've had with learning how to get that self-confidence and the different tools and mindset shifts that you can create and all of those things to get yourself to a place where you're willing to do things in a really messy way and to have things like not have all of your ducks in a row before you get started. And it does take time and practice to learn that new mindset and as I said that's why I'm still in the process of doing so right but I just am so passionate now about helping people who can identify with having those perfectionistic tendencies and it's really interesting too and I guess we could talk about this if you want but a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't want to get out of that mindset because they think it's the reason they're successful but there's actually a huge difference between a perfectionist and a high achiever 
so yeah that's really how I got into everything and of course that's such a quick recap and within that there was two years where I was working in insolvency accounting which is liquidations and bankruptcies telling people they've lost all their money and I was doing that full time and I'd wake up at 4am to get my blog going and to do that work and I wasn't my best self because I was so sleep deprived but there has been a lot of time in between now and when I started and it's been such a journey and one that there's a long way to go but that's really how I got to what I'm doing today. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that story. I think I am similar to you. I saw on your website, you say you're an INFJ. I am too. And this is in high school. But like when I started a YouTube channel back then, I was also afraid to tell my peers. And I didn't realize that it was because naturally you're like a high achiever. You're, You're used to being successful. And so when you start something new, it is that fear of being judged for not being so good at this new thing. And I mean, I'm sure there's other things piled on top of it, but I like that hearing it from you now just makes me realize how common of a thing that this is. A lot of people Mm -hmm. go through this. A lot of people are afraid to start the blog that they've always wanted to start. So can we unpack procrastination? Like, let's start with that one, since I think everybody listening can relate to procrastination. And I still deal with procrastination too. So why do we procrastinate and how do you move through that? How did you actually start doing the blog rather than thinking about it? Mm -hmm. So if we could go back to talking about what perfectionism is first, just so like it's something that a lot of people throw around when you're in a job interview and they say, what's your worst characteristic? And people say, oh, I'm a perfectionist. And people think that perfectionists are just neat control freaks when actually that's not really the case. I love Brene Brown's work and her definition of perfectionism and the way she talks about it. She talks about perfectionism as being this armor that we put on and it's really this idea that if I just look perfect and do everything perfectly then I can avoid the pain of blame and judgment and shame. Mm -hmm. So perfectionism isn't really about wanting to be perfect intellectually and this is where a lot of people a lot of perfectionists struggle because they intellectually understand that they need to fail they intellectually understand that done is better than perfect and all of those little quotes and mantras that are out there about overcoming perfectionism but it's really this underlying human need to avoid shame and studies have been shown, I was reading about it in Daring Greatly by Brene Brown, which is such yeah. a marvelous book. She was saying that shame in our, like, registers the same way as physical pain does. And for most of us, regardless of whether we've had a traumatic childhood or a normal childhood or anything in between, we all experience shame in some way shape or form and we all have those experiences where we've felt shame and perfectionism is really making a decision that I never want to feel that shame Mm -hmm. again and the irony is that perfectionists do a lot of self-shaming and a Mm -hmm. lot of self-loathing so it's not like we actually even get to escape the shame because we just create a lot of it by trying to avoid it yeah but it's really this way that we can try and avoid that painful shame And it's happening at a really subconscious level that it's why so many perfectionists can see they're procrastinating. They can see all of these tendencies and they're not serving them, but they don't actually know how to get out of it. And one of the 
biggest signs I think of being a perfectionist is that you are a procrastinator. So to answer your question about how did I go from having this blog that I was doing really sporadically to actually doing it consistently, I have to say I was still doing a lot of what I like to call productive procrastination. So I went from the kind of procrastination where you're not doing anything, like the inaction kind of procrastination. Mm -hmm. And then I began moving into productive procrastination, which is what I was saying when I'm fiddling with a Pinterest graphic and like I used to edit blog posts yeah. that had already been published. I think I do that too. Yeah. yeah. Like you do things that are not that significant sometimes just to stay away from the important stuff. Yeah. And it, you get that kick. Perfectionists love feeling busy and always have a lot of trouble resting and feel guilty when they rest. So productive procrastination gives you this way to actually feel good because you're productive, but then you don't have to deal with the fear and doubt that comes up when you're doing those really important needle moving tasks. So that's mm-hmm. been a huge part of my journey and I, something I still have to pull myself up on to this day. And I'm sure I will in the future as well, wanting to really prioritize the unimportant just because it's comfortable and safe and I get to feel good about myself when I'm doing that instead of doing those really scary, unfamiliar tasks that might end up in quote unquote failure. So to get myself from where I was not doing anything to where I was doing some things, some important things, and also a little bit of productive procrastination mixed in there was really just me having this moment. And as I said, it was like two and a half years of me being so severely in my own way that I just got sick of it. (laughs) I just got to this point. I remember it so clearly. It was in April, 2016. And I was thinking about investing in an online course to help with blogging. And I'd been thinking about it for ages. But of course, if I invested in that course, then I wouldn't have an excuse to not be succeeding. So I was like stopping myself from investing in it so I could blame the lack of knowledge instead of myself for not having more followers or more subscribers or whatever. I could say, oh, well, I would be more successful if... I knew more if I had a course like that or another big one is I would be more successful if I had more time. That's one I used to really love when I was working full time. I really had this idea in my head. Once I have more time for blogging, I'll be so successful. And then Mm -hmm. when I quit my full time job and I had that time, it was it felt so vulnerable because now I didn't have that excuse. And I just went straight into about three to five months of busy work and just doing Mm -hmm. all the things on the periphery that weren't really important because I was just so scared, especially since I had really told everyone in my life, this is something I'm really wanting to do. And I think I'm good at it because I'm willing to leave my corporate career behind and my uni degrees behind and pursue this. So I just felt so scared that I wanted to do that busy work so that I could blame lack of trying for lack of results instead of having to blame myself. But I really had that kind of, I wouldn't say it's a rock bottom moment, but I just had this really clear moment in April 2016 of just being like, when am I actually going to properly try this? Like how long am I going to keep pretending to myself that I'm actually trying when I'm not? And I just Mm -hmm. made a decision. I'm going to buy that course and I'm going to do everything that it says to do And I'm going to start waking up before I go to work, like early, so that I can do it then. Because what I'd been doing before that is trying to get it done after I got home from work. 
And when you have a full day at work and also I'm working out, I have a boyfriend, I have other things going on in my life too. You're tired. (laughs) My brain is just so tired that I really struggled to do anything creative whatsoever after I got home from work. So I thought, okay, well, I'm not just going to keep trying that and expect different results. I'm going to move that to the morning. I'm going to wake up at 4am. I'm going to have, and the beauty of that is busy work at 4am doesn't feel, you're like, why did I wake up early to just like Mm -hmm. do something that's unimportant? Or why did I wake up early just to scroll through my phone? So that really helped in that sense. I was like, okay, I woke up this early. I better do something that's going to actually be really helpful for me. And I was doing that consistently for about six months and I launched my first online course. And when I quit my job, I definitely wasn't in a position. I still have a part-time job. I wasn't in a position to go full-time, but I just thought, how can I actually get myself some more time? And then I went back to a job that I had as a uni student that paid better per hour than my accounting job. So I went back to that and I was able to get all of this time, which, as I was just mentioning, brought up a lot of fear and doubt. And that's a huge reason that a lot of perfectionists never take that step. It's because when we do, and I'm sure you've experienced a lot of this, anyone who is growing and doing something big in the world experiences the fear and doubt. And I think a lot of us have this idea that fear and doubt is a sign that we shouldn't be doing something when really I've learned to just lean into that and to know that that's what personal growth feels like. And it's going to feel mm-hmm. really uncomfortable, really, really uncomfortable. So many people ask me, how do I stay motivated? And I tell them, you don't have to, like, I don't want you to feel motivated. I want it. I want you to know that it's going to feel really miserable to go after your dreams mm-hmm. for a lot of the time, for at least 50% yeah. of the time. You're not going to need to yeah. feel motivated I like that you made that point that you're not always going to feel motivated and sometimes it does feel terrible because as someone who built a blog up herself, I was in that like fear mode for a while, just like dabbling, but not actually doing the work. But there was a time where I kind of stopped doing all the part-time jobs and I dedicated all my time to like building up my YouTube channel and my blog. And I was like, I have zero excuse for not making this work. And there's a point in your life where you're like, I really have to give it like my 200%. You know what I mean? In order for this to work, because if you're going to be a perfectionist all the time, and if you're going to procrastinate, you're going to be moving so slow where in this space, people are like giving their Mm -hmm. all. So you have to be willing to give it your all. And it's not going to be fun sometimes. Like you have to get uncomfortable and push yourself to do things that are scary and to do things that you're not good at and you're not used to. And I think, I guess starting a business or starting anything new teaches you how to be less of a perfectionist because you don't really know what you're doing in the beginning. You're really figuring everything out. So there's no way you're going to be perfect at it from the start. Yeah. And something that really came up for me when I was working through it is trying to deal with that need to have, it really brings up starting a business or a blog or anything like that. It brings up all of the issues that you need to deal with. I think it's the best personal growth Mm -hmm. tool. It really shows you yourself in a way that you've probably never seen before. And so for me, when I was going through that process, a lot of it was 
developing self-awareness alongside knowing that it's going to feel really uncomfortable and not telling myself this story that I should feel motivated to just be like, okay, I'm not going to feel motivated. That's not actually something I need to be considering. Mm -hmm. But to have that self-awareness of, okay, why am I spending my time on these unimportant things? And why am I saying to myself and saying to other people, I really want to do this certain thing. And then I'm not actually following through with it. Mm -hmm. But I think to go back to answer that question that you asked me about how to get yourself out of that initial procrastination where you might be thinking about doing something but you're not taking any action, it's really just to start. I know that no one wants to hear that, but I am a believer that action cures fear mm-hmm. and that it also brings it up. It brings up a lot of fear. Oh, yeah. But it can really help you get through it. And if you can expect that it's going to feel scary and it's going to feel uncomfortable, I find it so much easier than expecting it to feel fun and inspiring and exciting, mm-hmm. which is the illusion that we get from Instagram to really expect it to feel uncomfortable so that when it is, you can just say, I feel uncomfortable and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. Just expect the worst. (laughs) Expect like, okay, this is not going to be fun, but but see the bigger picture of why it's important to you. And that's enough motivation to just like go through with it. You have to like keep your eye on your goal, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What will you do for your dreams in 2019? Introducing the Artist of Life Workbook and Daily Planner by Lavendaire, tools to help you create your best year in 2019. If you love journaling, self-discovery, creativity, and productivity, these are perfect for you. Filled with 125 pages of questions and exercises, the 2019 Artist of Life Workbook walks you through reflecting on your past year, setting goals and intentions for the new year, discovering yourself, staying committed to your goals, and tracking your progress monthly. The Daily Planner by Lavendaire is a tool to help you design a productive, effective, and meaningful day. The Artist of Life Workbook helps you plan a macro view of your life, while the Daily Planner helps you plan the micro. Together, these tools will help you build your dream life one page at a time. They're seriously life-changing and they make great gifts too. Go to shop.lavendaire.com to check them out. Sending you so much light. So let's talk about the power of self-image because this is something that I'm interested in, like how to change your idea of yourself, how you can like transform that. Because I guess people don't realize that they have a self-image, that they label themselves as a procrastinator or as certain things. So can you talk about that? Yeah, for sure. This is something that is new to me in the last couple of years of my personal development journey. And looking back, everyone's always talking about identity and self-image, but I had never really put it together and figured out how to actually use that to my advantage. But it's this idea that we always act in accordance with who we believe we are. And to give you an example of this, I was always telling myself that I love indoor plants, but I just can't keep one alive for the life of me. I love them so much, but I just wish I could keep one alive. And of course, my reality was that I got a lot of indoor plants and I wouldn't look after them. I wouldn't do the research to see where they needed to be in the house. I wouldn't water them until they looked like they were dying. And for a long time, I thought me saying I just can't keep an indoor plant alive was me just observing reality. It was just stating a fact. I really struggled to keep them alive. But when I discovered 
self-image and how you can actually use it to your advantage. I thought I would experiment with this because it's less emotionally charged than trying to change my self-image around being a procrastinator or anything like that. It was just something that I wasn't too attached to, so I thought it could be fun to just experiment with that. So what I did was I started telling myself this story that I am amazing with indoor plants. I always take care of them. I always look after them. Mm -hmm. And the thing is with our reticular activating system in our brain, we always look for evidence to support the beliefs that we have. It's called confirmation bias. And so because I had this belief, I always kill indoor plants. I had totally ignored any plant that I'd kept Mm -hmm. alive. Like in my brain, that was just an exception to the rule. But by actually telling myself this new story and in the beginning using those other plants that stayed alive, even if they were plants that thrive on neglect, I was able to then build up this story. And I, I promised myself I was never allowed to say to anyone that I'm not good with indoor plants and it felt a bit funny at first but I just started saying no I'm really great with indoor plants and then after a while of consciously directing my mind to that new thought and when it was in the moment of deciding should I water this plant or not I would think okay I'm the kind of person who is really good with indoor plants so what would I do in this situation I'd figure out if it needs some water and if it does I'd water it right now So then I got more and more evidence that I'm really great with indoor plants and now my self-image around that has changed and I don't need to use any conscious Mm -hmm. energy or conscious thought to do that. It's just something that I now do. And so I just share that as an example of how it can work and then we can use that same method to change our self-image that we have around other really big things. So One that I started creating is I'm the kind of person who does things at the first opportunity because in the past, as I mentioned, I have studied at the last Mm. minute and I just wanted to share with procrastination because this is something I think is quite a myth that many perfectionists believe they do their best work at the last minute and I definitely had that belief when I was going through school and uni and it got me a lot of good grades. I was actually able to get a better mark at the last minute than I was if I started an assignment or started studying early. But what I know now is that me telling myself that story, and again, that's a self-image thing. I'm the kind of person who, it's anything that we complete that sentence with. I'm the kind of person who, or I'm not the kind of person who. So by believing I'm the kind of person who does my best work at the last minute, that was really just a cover for me because doing the work early made me feel so vulnerable Mm -hmm. and procrastination is often for us there as an excuse so I could say oh well I didn't do that well on that assignment because I did it at the last minute and then of course if I did do well I got to feel extra good because oh imagine how well I would have done if I'd done it early when of course I was never going to do it early but I just wanted to mention that because So many people have this story. No, but I literally just do my best work at the Mm -hmm. last minute. That's really common. Yeah. Yeah. It's that confirmation bias. You're looking for those examples. You're ignoring all the ones where you did a horrible job at the last minute. And it's also just an issue with vulnerability because it feels so vulnerable when you're a perfectionist and you have this mindset that Mm -hmm. everything you do is evidence of whether or not you're good enough, which is really that fixed mindset. It feels so vulnerable to give something a 100% effort. And so procrastination is a way that we really try to avoid that vulnerable feeling. Mm-hmm. So you, I use that self-image technique, which I briefly describe, but can go more into it if you'd like. 
to change my image around being the kind of person who does things at the last minute, which of course made me do things at the last minute, to being the kind of person who does things at the first opportunity. So again, I just told myself that story. I'm the kind of person who does things at the first opportunity. So when I was in a moment of decision, should I do this now or later? I just said to myself, and it takes a lot of conscious effort to do this. So I only mm-hmm. recommend doing it with one, one thing at a time of your life yeah. at once. And you can't pick it up every time, but when you can to just be like, okay, but I'm the kind of person who does things at the first opportunity. What would I do in this situation? And for mm-hmm. me, it's been helpful too to think of one of my friends who does things at the first opportunity and to think, okay, what would she do here? And to just do that. And when I do, this is like, where self-image can really be so powerful is to not be surprised. So if you're doing this, say, with the self-image of I'm the kind of person who procrastinates and you're wanting to change that self-image, if you don't procrastinate, you have to not be surprised because Mm -hmm. if a person doesn't procrastinate, they're not surprised when they don't procrastinate. They might feel good about themselves and proud of themselves, but they're not like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I didn't procrastinate, which is right. what a lot of procrastinators will say when they've gone. And then it reaffirms your it. belief of yourself as a procrastinator. Exactly. It just reaffirms right. that self-image. So this is something that can be used to really change the way that you see yourself. Again, we always act in accordance with who we believe we are. So if you can identify the stories that you have about yourself now and really see that, okay, maybe these do feel like facts, but they're just stories they're just a story I've been telling about myself to myself Mm -hmm. and if you can identify okay someone who's succeeded in what I want to do how do they view themselves so for example if someone was wanting to post consistently on Instagram if they have a business and at the same time they think I'm the kind of person who hates Instagram or hates social media then they're obviously not going to be posting regularly and I know so many people that I know who have businesses They want to be growing on Instagram, just as an example, but they are telling themselves they hate it. And of course, then they're not Mm -hmm. engaging with it. So you have to think, okay, someone who posts every day, what do they think? Okay, I'm the kind of person who posts every day, no matter what. And then of course, they act in accordance with it. But it's really navigating this area in between where you don't yet feel like the new self image is true, but you just repeat it until it feels true and Lady Gaga has this amazing quote about telling yourself this new story and hers is about I'm successful and I'm famous and all of that and then it's a lie it's a lie it's a lie until one day Mm -hmm. it's true and it really is like it it does feel like a lie in the beginning because you've really convinced yourself of the opposite but I've just found having more awareness around this has been really helpful for me to identify different areas in my life or in my business or wherever that I can think, okay, what is the self-image of someone who is succeeding in this and then intentionally directing my mind there. And then when I follow through with that new self-image and act in accordance with it to not be surprised. And then when I do the old thing, so like now if I have an indoor plant that's dying, I say to myself, oh, that's really weird because I'm really good with indoor plants. Mm -hmm. And you have to kind of really reaffirm the new self-image. So I hope that's made sense. But that's something for me that has been really helpful in my personal development journey. I do like that. I like that you shared about the technique of like changing your self-belief. Something that I heard from Marie Forleo is, well, with whatever you're doing, ask yourself, what would I do if I were the best 
at what I do, meaning like you're the best in your industry. So if you were the best vlogger out there, how would you act? How would you carry yourself? Or if you're the best like basketball player or business person, whatever it is, like imagine what energy it takes to be the best at what you do and bring that out of you because it's there. I think most of the time we allow ourselves to be lazy or fall back, but it's, it's really like changing your self image. Like, okay, stop saying that you're a lazy person or a procrastinator, but really believe that you are better than that. And in the beginning, it is like, you have to fake it till you make it. Yeah. You have to trick your brain into believing that your new self-image is true, but with repetition, our brains will believe anything we tell it. It's true. We believe so many things that aren't helpful and aren't true, but everything we believe feels true because our brain searches reality and distorts reality so that we have reflected back to us evidence to support our beliefs and will dismiss any evidence. Say, for example, if someone wants to start waking up early, but they have the story, I'm not a morning person. Of course, it's really hard to wake up early if you don't Mm -hmm. believe you're a morning person. And something I found helpful with that, I do see myself as a morning person, but my definition of a morning person isn't someone who wants to wake up early. They don't feel like it. And so if you can have that self-image of I'm a morning person and just constantly tell yourself that and look for evidence. I've had some of my coaching clients who in a coaching call will tell me all of this evidence that they do their best work in the morning. And then they'll say, oh, but I'm not a morning person, even though they've literally given me all of this evidence. And I'll say, oh, that's interesting because you just said that you do your best work in the morning. They'll be like, oh, but that's because X, Y, Z. And they have an explanation So they Mm -hmm. can explain it away because it doesn't fit within their view of reality. So it's really seeing like it it might seem like you're deluding yourself to get into this new self-image, but you're delusional with your current one as well. Because if you believe you're a procrastinator, there's a lot of evidence and a lot of things you don't procrastinate on. Like you might never procrastinate Mm -hmm. on watching Netflix. It might be something like that. Or there might just be certain things you never procrastinate on. Or there might just be that one time that you don't procrastinate. That is evidence that you're not a procrastinator all the time. And so you can begin looking for that evidence. But currently, if you have that view of the world, you will dismiss all of that as an exception to the rule. And you'll have a really great explanation so that you get to hold on to your self-image because it really we really want to believe that we know ourselves and we really even if it's not helpful even if we're believing something that's not positive we really want that certainty around our identity and it can be really ground shaking to actually find out that you're not who you believe you are so that's why we really clutch on to our current self-image but for your listeners I'd really recommend even just doing some journaling around like finishing that sentence, I'm the kind of person who, and just having a look at your current self image and Mm -hmm. saying, okay, how am I currently viewing myself? And then the person I want to believe, how would she then complete that journaling exercise? Well, like that before and after for sure. And I've seen you talk about doing that on your YouTube Mm -hmm. channel as well, but it's doing that in the frame of really like, and if someone has done that exercise, what's the name of that exercise you talk about where you draw the before and after current me versus future me yes yeah so it's really like that really is the self-image stuff of yeah totally you currently believe you're this kind of person and in the future you want to be this kind of person so 
again, it's really important to just pick one because it takes so much conscious energy to direct your mind there. But if someone's done that exercise, to then just pick one of those things and tell themselves on purpose that they're that new person. Yeah. And then in those moments of decision, to act as if they're that new person, tell themselves they're that new person, tell other people they're the new person and not be surprised when they're the new person, that's when you become the new person. Oh, for sure. All right, so now I'm going to move on to the rapid fire questions, which I ask all of our guests at the end of the show. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, what does your dream life look like? I was recently doing the ideal day journaling exercise, and whenever I do it, it really involves a lot of reading and involves going out in nature for walks and hopefully being by the ocean or some kind of body of water. But to just be doing meaningful work and to have meaningful relationships and it's really the simple stuff like the connection with other people, the love, having those really amazing experiences where I can help people. I love coaching. I love talking about all of this stuff so much and just doing that as often as I can whilst also enjoying all of the other things connecting with people, going out in nature, all of that Mm -hmm. stuff too. And reading. I love reading. (laughs) Awesome. So what is one book or resource that you recommend to everybody? I love Daring Greatly by Brene Brown or any work that she's ever put out. Mm -hmm. She also has some really great conversations with Oprah on YouTube. And I also love the Life Coach School podcast with Brooke Castillo. It's my favorite podcast and she really teaches you how to be your own coach And a lot of what I share, a huge part of my personal development journey has been what I've learned from her teaching. So they would be my two go-to people, Brene Brown and Brooke Castillo. Awesome. What is one habit that has changed your life? Definitely my morning routine. But within that, I'd say journaling has been the go-to part of my morning routine consistently. But Mm -hmm. that's really what got me through the working full-time and then getting out of that situation by creating a morning routine and even though it didn't feel great to be in that morning routine I think it's so powerful to do something for yourself before you do something for your boss regardless of whether you're employed or your, your own boss oh yeah and I really try to honor that still to be doing things for myself before I do things for me as my own boss and for me that looks like reading journaling going for a walk, going to the gym before I actually sit down to do work. So morning routine has been my absolute favorite. And I do have a morning routine guide if your listeners would like help with how to customize and set up a morning routine. Specifically, if you're a perfectionist, I talk about the all or nothing mindset and how a lot of perfectionists want to really create this elaborate three hour morning routine and how to actually orchestrate a routine Mm -hmm. that will be something that you can stick to consistently while also being really satisfying. So if anyone wants to download that, they can go to samlaurabrown.com slash lavender and that'll be there for them. But morning routine for sure has been my favorite go-to foundational habit. Awesome. And I'll share that link in the show notes. Next one is the best life or career advice you've ever gotten. I think it would be, this wasn't from a particular person, but when I was listening to those podcasts and still I listen to a lot of podcasts, 
it's really this underlying message of if you persist, you will succeed. And that's really what got me through those first couple of years. I just had this idea in my head that is going to be at least two years until I see any kind of results. And so many people want that instant results. They want instant followers, instant feedback. But I just had this idea in my head, it's going to take time. So I don't need mm-hmm. to make it mean anything if I'm not getting that instant feedback, that instant result. So that for me, if you persist, you will succeed. And of course, sometimes you need to pivot and change what you're doing. But just that underlying persistence, so many people don't persist. So if you can persist through that period where you're not motivated, but you're not getting results, there's like that dip in between there. If you can get through that, you are not above in the sense that you're a better person, but you're ahead of a lot of other people because most people Mm -hmm. never make it through that dip. So that has been a belief that I keep reminding myself of and has really become such a core belief that I hold. So that has to be the best advice I've gotten. Yeah, for sure. That's like one of my core beliefs too. Like you don't have to be great or going fast. Like as long as you just don't stop and never give up, like you'll eventually get somewhere. Yeah. The last one is finish the sentence. The most amazing part about life is... To love and be loved. I think it all comes back to those feelings. And of course, everything we do is to make us feel a certain way or to avoid a certain feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think love is the ultimate feeling. And it's great to feel loved, but to also love other things, to love people, to love experiences, that feeling of love, both coming in and going out, I think is the most amazing thing about life. I also love the internet and that we're able to have conversations like this <laughs> and connect with people around the world. I'm so grateful for the internet and I say three good things with my boyfriend every night and one thing we're grateful for and so often it's I'm so grateful for the internet and everything that it allows us to do. So I think those two things, I don't want to say that love in the internet, <laughs> but love on an emotional level and practically I'd say the internet and the time that we're in right now yeah just like I feel we're very lucky to live during this era for sure yeah (laughs) okay lastly where can our listeners find you online so they can find me on my podcast the perfectionism project it's a solo show where I just go deep into all the things I'm working on and it's really about perfectionism and all of the different things that come up as well and how to manage everything and all of that so the perfectionism project is probably the best place my blog is samlaurabrown.com and on instagram i'm at samlaurabrown awesome thank you so much sam thank you so much for your insights on perfectionism thank you so much all right i hope you like that conversation with sam laura brown to be honest i had more questions that i wanted to ask her but i felt like we really spent a long time digging deep with procrastination and the self-image technique so hopefully you got something out of that i personally really liked the self-image technique because it is a mix of law of attraction kind of believing something before it's real but it is also also psychological and very real to be able to change your beliefs about who you are and see that change in the reality of things. Another important tip that she shared that I want to point out is when you are acting as if you are that person that you want to be, don't act surprised. Don't act surprised like, oh, I actually woke up earlier than usual today. Act as if it's a normal thing, that it happens all the time, and you'll be more inclined to believe that's true. With that point, I'm going to leave it at that. Hope you have a beautiful day. Love you all. Bye. 
All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Next, make sure you check out the 2019 Artist of Life workbook and the Daily Planner by Lavender on my website, lavender.com shop. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Sending you so much love. Bye.